Good afternoon, Susan. Well, hello. We've been talking about this for a long time and haven't got around to doing it yet. Uh, that is absolutely true. So what's this afternoon's topic? Well, I think one of the things that we talked about sharing with people was our recent overseas trip and the packing that goes with it and what not to take and what to take and how best to manage things. And um, the main thing that I remember about it was if you're in a very small European hotel room and you take all the trouble to get your suitcase open on a floor that really isn't big enough for your suitcase, by the time you've done all that, you can't remember what it was you wanted out of it. Okay, so what's your tip for getting around that? You could always take a pen and paper and make a note before you start the big palaver. Okay. Or I think, Paul, one of the things that you did that I didn't do was you used small packing cubes. I do. And so it made it easier for unpacking some of those cubes and popping them into the cupboards and drawer spaces that you were allocated um, and therefore you didn't need to go through that whole process. That's true. Um, and something that I did find that was particularly useful was that if you buy different kinds or different colours of packing cubes and then you put specific things into those specific colours and it's much easier to find them rather than having a whole set of packing cubes that are all the same size, all the same colour, uh, you know, you then have to label them so you know what's inside each one. Whereas if you've got different colours or different sizes or different makes even, uh, then you remember what you've put in each of those makes. That's not why you did it. You did it so that when you open up your suitcase, it just looks really interesting well, having lots of variety. There's that as well. So my favourites were Patagonia. I, I like the Patagonia black hole cube. Um, they come in three different sizes, small, medium, large. They were very good. And also Track A, which is a... Scottish brand, I think. Brand, I think that's how you say T R A W K E dot com. Are they at the top end of the price point, though? They are. They're very expensive. I would expensive. expect Patagonia to be up there. Um, actually, the track ones were were the the most expensive ones, and I have no idea why. But they're I mean, they're wax proof, uh, waxed uh, canvas, so I made them waterproof and they had waterproof zips and things like that. So, so. Uh, but they were actually quite small, but very convenient. Okay, so I wouldn't p travel again without them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's probably the, my biggest takeout from that trip. Um, but what about at the lower end of the price point? I know yep. places like Kmart and Target have started selling them. Absolutely. Um, have you had a look into that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Amazon.com do a bunch uh, uh, of different very yeah, affordable packing cubes and they do tend to come in sets so you're talking 15 16 dollars also um american tourista uh, which is a luggage brand uh, they do uh sets as well um very reasonably priced they can pick them up for about 25 or 30 dollars for a set of five um i think the, the important thing is that because suitcase because things you carry in suitcases take up different amounts of space like shoes and jeans and t-shirts and underwear that uh, it, it's actually good to have different sizes and, and 
brands like American Tourista do have different sizes that you can use for different things. That's very useful. So how did you find your suitcase selections in terms of we travelled into Europe for uh, for a month uh, in 2018, towards the end of 2018, and, and did a lot of train travel uh, on this trip. And that was a different experience from the aircraft travel that we normally do. Uh, we, with the train, you're not particularly restricted to how much luggage you can take, but you do have to manage it all yourself. So you got any, any thoughts on what you would do different or what worked and what didn't work on the train aspect of our journey? I think one of the things I found easiest about the train travel was that when your train rolls in, you know what cabin or what um, carriage number you're in and it's quite well signposted where you stand on the platform for that. As you say, though, weight isn't a problem. However, size pretty much is. Yeah. Um, And trying to, say, lug a very large suitcase and hand luggage and a handbag um, is often difficult. And I'd say um, the only mind the only time I ever panicked was Angoulême, where they were <laughs> fixing the one end of the platform, and so three carriages were all trying to get into the one carriage because the platform was closed. Yeah. And I honestly believed the train was going to go without us on there. Yeah. So trying to move people from the vestibule into the, the actual carriage itself was difficult. But in Europe, there's a lot of people on a train with a lot of big suitcases. Yeah. And sometimes you're lifting... 25 kilos up over your head onto a an overhead luggage carriage, mm-hmm. which is a bit tricky as well. Yeah. Um, but I'd say there was nothing in my suitcase that I um, didn't use this time. We were there in changing seasons, so mm-hmm. beginning of October was still a little bit warm everywhere we went, mm-hmm. and I think our very last day in Paris it was... Around about five degrees, so we did need luggage to span that, and so layering was really important, Um, and having the right number of pairs of shoes to get through a month with lots of walking. Um, So would you say that from a travel perspective, perhaps these capsule wardrobes that are uh, popular, a popular... Um, methodology these days uh, travel is the ultimate in capsule wardrobing where you really need to have a, f- uh, a selection of clothing but it all needs to go with it yes, everything else yes. so the best thing to do is to pick a colour combo mm-hmm. um, so uh, let's say um, blues and creams or um, black and tan mm-hmm. um, and not move outside those colour combos too far I think my biggest problem this time was that I heard that it had got quite cold just before we went and I panicked and took a bunch of merino jumpers, polo neck type things, um, which never got used until the last day when they were all on top of each other <laughs> um, <laughs> to try and keep warm. Um, but but definitely staying within a colour palette mm-hmm. 
is is the best thing to do yeah. and then you and then you can have so much to mix and match yeah. and scarves are just amazing for a, being able to turn a pair of jeans and a white t-shirt into a number of different colored outfits yeah. and clothes that don't need that are crush proof i'm guessing absolutely yes yeah. if if anything that needs ironing doesn't go Unless it's linen, and I don't mind crushed linen, no. it looks okay. Yeah. People get into a panic about that and feel that um, it has to look perfect. It's not linen if it looks perfect. Yeah, okay. Yeah, which is probably why linen was a popular travel fabric back in uh, the 20s uh, and earlier. You'd all the, you know, you think of Death on the Nile and uh, Murder on the Orient Express uh, type things. I can. I, I remember um, Peter Ustinov as uh, Hercule Poirot yes, on Death of the Night. Yes, the fabulous. <laughs> his cream-coloured linen suit, which uh, uh, was uh, w- was uniform for, for those yeah. kind of climbs. Yeah. Yeah. And look, if you, if you think back to those times, it must have been difficult to travel, yeah. um, especially with big things like, um, you know... The, the big cases and which were heavy and and didn't have wheels these days it's easy i mean all of the toiletries come in travel sizes it's easy to pack tiny things to take away i think the heaviest thing is always shoes mm-hmm. and and again if you work within your color palette you can um travel quite easily with shoes i always mm-hmm. wear the heaviest thing on the plane so a nice pair of flat boots um, that I can walk a long way in um, for the plane. And um, I, I did Europe in October with those and two pairs of sneakers. That was all I needed. Yeah, okay. um, I wouldn't have taken anything in, in addition to that. Right. Is there anything you took you wouldn't have taken again? I seem to remember the hairdryer and the, and the iron, hair iron. No, hair the... irons I used. Oh, okay. Um, but definitely, yeah, I wouldn't bother with a hairdryer again. Every hotel, every Airbnb, they all leave you a hairdryer these days. And to be perfectly honest, if if you've got your, your hair irons, which take up a tiny bit of space and aren't anywhere near as heavy, um, you can do just about anything yeah. with that. Yeah. So with the train travel, is there any tips that we can think of that uh, we can pass on about train travel? Yeah, get your husband to book it all. <laughs> book early. <laughs> yeah, book early and book first class. Book early and book first class, yes. Anybody yeah. that shudders at the sound of that, you need to know first class does not cost much more than economy and it's absolutely worth it for the comfortable seats, being able to move around a little bit more. Um, it's like being on a plane. They bring you water and snacks um, and definitely worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if you can get the, but you have to get in early because they sell first. So uh, certainly that was our experience on um, TGV and on uh, Italia Rail. Italia Rail. That was, uh, but it was definitely worth the uh, worth the extra expense, marginal and, expense. Yes. And my only other advice would ever be if you're going to do um, the overnight. Uh, Paris to Milan trip go back during the day um, because that is the scenery is magnificent and yeah. it's it's worth doing both yeah definitely 
yes, you can sleep through the travel, which is eight to ten hours, uh, but you can sleep through most of that. So you, you wake up refreshed at your destination, but then on the return trip, you get the scenery. So it does cost you a day, so to speak, but that's it's definitely worthwhile. And hmm. the and, and the um, bar carriage was a little bit of a party <laughs> t- type atmosphere at about nine o'clock at night as well. So that made it interesting too. Yeah, and you, it's interesting the people you meet uh, as well on the train. So you don't, it seems to be uh, unlike the plane, where people tend to put on their headphones and dive into a book so that they don't have to sit to the necessarily talk to the people they're sat with. Um, in fact, I know people who use that as a complete strategy for not engaging with the people they're crowded next to, whereas the train excuse me, seems to be more of a, uh, a situation where people do like to share where they're going and, hmm. and, and what, how they've, you know, some of their experiences or can tell you some things about where you're, where you're arriving at. I think some of that comes from um, the fact that you're not all sitting facing the one way like you are mm-hmm. in a plane um, and that it is easy to get up and move around. Yeah. Um, I would say to anybody, if you get on a train and somebody appears to be sitting in your seat, move them quickly because they're probably on the wrong train. Yeah, that happened, where, didn't it? Where, where were we leaving? I think it was leaving Rome, wasn't it? For, yeah, it might have for, been, yeah. For Florence yeah. and these poor people. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was Florence from Milan oh, to yes. Milan. And these poor people were sitting quite comfortably in our seat thinking that they were going to Venice. Yes. Um, so <laughs> so yeah. they were very glad that we chucked them off the train. Yes, true, yeah. Yeah, but I'm on the wrong train. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the other thing is that just be, uh, um, it can be a bit of a rush because they don't, in Europe, they don't announce the platform uh, until about 15 minutes before the train is actually due to depart. I think that's a security yeah, measure, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yep. But, but don't sit and wait for the board to tell you what platform you're going to be on, although the Seats are all reserved seating, so even in coach, it's reserved seating. So it's not like you're going to lose your seat, uh, but you might not be able to put your luggage up uh, because luggage spaces go quite quickly. But uh, ask the staff what platform you're on because your train will often be already in at the platform and will sit there for an hour before it departs. Um, so you don't have to wait for the platform to be announced on the board. If you ask, they'll point you and you can get straight on. So uh, get your luggage in quick. I think the other great thing about um, train travel at our age as Mm. well is that some days we would have walked maybe 25 kilometres in a day. If you're on a train the following day, you're at least having a bit of a rest day. Yeah, recover it, yeah. Um, So it gives you that time to recover. And um, definitely the, the weight of your suitcases because within Europe you're on domestic weights Um, I don't know how hard it would be trying to say fly between two European cities with 25 kilo suitcases and 7 kilo Mm. um, hand luggage 
easily. No. There must be quite a bit big expense with that. And yeah. you miss so much when you fly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, yeah. we saw a lot of things yeah. by sitting on a train, which yep. was just great. Yeah, for sure. And some of these trains really moved. The Milan to Rome trip, we were hitting uh, 350, 400 kilometres an hour. Yep. Um, and, uh, okay, so you might, it might have only been a one-hour flight, but you would have had to have been at the airport an hour before. It would have taken you half an hour to get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then you've got to wait for your baggage. And Train all stations are always in the middle of the city. Absolutely. Airports are always outside. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, you, yeah, with um, the Milan one, we were, oh, it were, we were a little bit of a walk from the Milan station. Um, but uh, we got pretty much straight on the train when it arrived um, and – Couple of hours later, we were in, mm. in uh, oh no, from Florence. From Florence, we were literally around the corner from the railway station. Yeah. Got on the train, got to Milan, um, and, and yeah, okay. It probably took about the same amount of time as it would have done to fly. Yeah. So. So that's just reminded me. Yes. What would you do differently next time that we didn't do? Um, what would I do next time? That we didn't do. You mean in terms of visiting some places, or no? Or, or, in or, terms of technology, <laughs> in I terms of technology well, yeah, yeah, you're, and you're SIM baiting card. Me here. So yeah, well, there's a couple of things. Yeah, the SIM card. So we didn't have a SIM card. I was going to buy a SIM card in Europe, and then when we got back from the trip, uh, found that uh, Australia Post actually sell an international SIM that you can use overseas. Um, because uh, it would have helped with directions. Absolutely. If nothing else, it yeah, would have helped with yeah. maps and, and uh, being off-grid is uh, all well and good, but it can be a bit scary. Um, yeah, being our age and trying to see tiny little maps yeah. um, with sunglasses on yeah. and things is, is tricky. Yeah. Not that Apple Maps is any better. I mean, I don't know why, but when you make the map bigger, the, the writing on the, on the road... Uh, the uh, road names get smaller. I don't. I don't understand that, but uh, that's very frustrating. The other thing I think with technology is I took way too much technology. I took a lot of stuff that I, I either only used once or or didn't use at all. Um, and whilst there were lots of plans to do things, uh, those plans didn't always sort of come off because you're tired after travel or or you're too in, uh, enjoying the sights too much to take time out to actually video stuff or record stuff or whatever. So, yeah, I took way too much technology. Um, again, because I knew we, were, we were, weren't going to fly, so I could take more. Um, but, yeah, probably That's took why too I much. call you the gadget guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're the only person who does. So. I know. That's okay. <laughs> So we did do some guided tours, um, not our usual approach, but uh, because we were only in, in Rome and in Florence for a short period of time and wanted to, didn't have time to really investigate stuff for ourselves, we, uh, we took a Vatican tour um, and we took a, a walking tour of, uh, of Florence, which, both of which were excellent. I think the thing is that if, if, it depends what time of year you're there, mm. but if you know that there's going to be long queues for something, such as the Vatican, and you really want to see it, 
you're best doing a tour. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that really worked well for us. Yeah, it did. Um, and and I think my big takeout from the two tours was how generous both of the tour guides were. Yes, yeah, yeah, the one in uh, Vatican. Oh, interestingly, both uh, the one in the Vatican was Italian, the one in Florence was Russian, uh, but both art history majors, both passionate about art and and so knowledgeable uh, they really did enhance our experience. Yes, um, absolutely. And uh, whilst it wasn't necessarily cheap, although I did get a deal on one of them, um, the uh, what uh, the deal on the Vatican was that it was round the corner from the best coffee in Italy. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true, and it wasn't the one that's directly opposite the entrance. It was the one down the road. Um, uh, but the, yeah, and they um, no, the deal was the one in Florence. So I booked it really late and uh, we we got a really good deal on it. I think it was two for one or something like that. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but, yeah, three-hour walking tour was four and a half or hours or something and she would have kept going and really just wanted us to have a great experience. So, uh, so that, yeah, it was really good, really good. So, I, I mean, I, just the usual candidates for uh, booking those things and we started with TripAdvisor. Um, which I did for the hotels as well, as as well as Expedia. Um, TripAdvisor is really good. Um, and I think I booked everything through TripAdvisor, but we found Get Your Guide, which was where the Florence um, uh, tour guide came from, and that was really good. If you want to do walk around yourself, um, Lonely Planet guides were really popular, um, but I noticed that they're giving away their app now. So you can download the app from Google Play Store or from uh, the App Store. Okay. A um, couple of benefits. Firstly, it's free. Um, and secondly, you don't have to carry the books around anymore. If you've got your phone, then yeah, okay. you just download them onto your phone and uh, and you've got them. Interestingly, we didn't use the guides at all, um, but had we decided that we had the time to, uh, they would have been there and we could have used them. Yep. So, um, yeah, but with tours, unlike the trains, uh, yeah, you can pick up a bargain. you just got to know where you want to go and, and when um, and what sort of thing you want to do and then just watch the prices. And the recommendation system, it really works. Yeah, um, yeah. If you, if you do a tour and your guide is great, go on to TripAdvisor and give them a, a great shout-out on how wonderful they were because yeah. – um, whoever's coming behind you wants to know that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'd also always <laughs> advise people, depending on what time of day you're going to do a tour, make sure you eat beforehand. Yeah, definitely. Do you remember we're going into the Vatican and this guy says, um, so what time will we be stopping for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well we'll we'll just stop in the Sistine Chapel and bring out the sandwiches. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> Yep, no, none of that. So uh, talking about supermarkets, we had some interesting food uh, uh, experiences. My favourite was uh, Il Il Mercato Centrale in Florence. It was... uh, Originally just a fresh fruit market, uh, but they put in um, like food stalls up on the second level and uh, 
that became our home base in Florence. We ate there mm. a number of times and it was fantastic. Primarily for me it was because it felt like I was part of the community. It wasn't full of tourists. It was full of residents and uh, and, and it, was, it just had a really nice feel. Yeah. For anyone that's been to Queen Vic Markets in um, Melbourne, uh, downstairs is very much like that. But on yeah. the top floor they've created almost like a – um, a food court, but they use all the fresh produce from downstairs yeah. and lots of different uh, food from different places around the world. Yeah, I mean, you say food court, and and immediately I kind of think, you know, plastic chairs. Yeah, and, and uh, it wasn't. And it absolutely <laughs> it was wasn't. It was more like yeah, it, was, it was. It was more like Party Central as yeah. well. Though. It was. Uh, <laughs> it, it was. Yeah, it was hustle and bustle and and loads of people and lots of different foods and. Uh, anything you can imagine. Uh, it was it was really, I mean, some of the best Chinese steamed dumplings and sushi, but also pasta and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Or if you just wanted cheese and bread and, and tomatoes and, and stuff, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, and, yeah, and open like sixteen hours, seventeen hours a day. It was. Yeah, and sh- and you're sharing tables with other people, and it gives yeah. you an opportunity to meet people. We met those two lovely ladies from from the north of England yes, who were yeah. who were together, yeah. and um, yeah, really nice experience, yeah. and um, it, it relieved some of the pain of eating in restaurants and never really being sure what you were going to get. <laughs> yes, yeah, like in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the fish of the day, madam. Yes, the yeah. whole fish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can we get you a bigger table? <laughs> yeah, when in Rome, be a little careful when they um, sell you the chef's special. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes, that was an expensive meal. Yeah, but it was good. Yes, it was good. Yeah, it was yeah, good. Yeah, and an um, experience. And I think most people would tell you they they end up when they're doing a holiday like that, doing what we did, which is generally only eating two meals a day. Yeah. Breakfast and dinner. Or, or breakfast and lunch. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, any combination of those types mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. So your food experiences, there was a surprising one in that one in Canterbury. Oh, Canterbury was lovely, yeah, the Veg Box Cafe. We were um, wondering what to do with a vegetarian brother <laughs> and um, found that, which yeah. was lovely, and got introduced to – fermented foods and that whole shared eating experience and being in a um a setup whereby they do cooking classes as well that was lovely in a city that we know so well yes it was lovely yeah yeah it was and introduced us to fermented food which uh yeah my recollection of the veg box cafe was that it it was real food yes it, it was i mean i guess the the old cuisine people might say it was rustic. Um, yeah, I'd call it authentic. It was authentic. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was real. Yeah. yeah, and it got us interested in fermented food, which is uh, nothing new. But uh, we'll probably only we'll need to do a podcast on fermented food. So yes. More about yeah. That later, yeah. But, uh, how how we've changed our eating style. Yeah, yeah. It really was a catalyst for a whole change. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Breakfasts were a nightmare in uh, France and Italy, generally because they don't really do breakfast. Um, was well, they do was pastries, and you and I 
Yeah. We don't have the kinds of constitutions that can put up with pastries at the best of times. Never mind first thing in the morning. Well, certainly not anymore. So uh, no. Yeah. yeah. No. The days of a, a coffee and a look around, I think, are pretty much done. I've got to have something in my stomach well, soon after I get up. So, uh, so yes. So, um, yeah, nothing new. We found Carrefour and uh, in in Rome and and ended up doing our own breakfasts. Uh, yes, at least if you find a supermarket, you can get some um, yogurt and muesli and a bottle of water. Mm. And a banana, yes. Um, yeah. And you can sit on the steps of some lovely church somewhere yeah. and eat it. Yeah, yeah. Not in Florence though, because they hose them down, so you can't do that. <laughs> but, uh, so, in sum, three things we'd recommend. Um, definitely packing cubes, mainly yeah. because I didn't take them, and oh, I'd I want did. to do that next time. Yeah. Um, that would be one. Yep. Yeah. Two would be if you're travelling by train, book early and book first class. Yep. yep. Don't wait. Book it online. Book it all before you, you arrive. Um, what about money? We uh, There's lots of options there in terms of cash or credit card or, or um, international money cards. To be honest, I found that paying by credit card was just as easy I mean, you're the mercy of exchange rates, yep. but I think that doesn't matter what, what you do. We had cash, we had yep. cards, we had a money card. Yeah, don't um, try and spend £50 notes in England. No, that's another tip, isn't it? In fact, they're uh, talking they about... They do not like them. They do not like them, in yeah. In fact, how to get instantly treated like a forger. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> try yeah. and buy coffee with a £50 note. Yes, yeah, yeah. Can't you go away and get some change, you know? <laughs> Even the banks in Britain won't take the £50 notes, so... Uh, yeah, it's so much forgery. So, um, so yeah, by small denominations, definitely. It means carrying a bit more. But uh, um, I think probably actually the tip there is to have a bit of everything. Yes, Obviously have a credit card. So um, mm. Have some funds on a, on a, on a, um, a smart international money card. Um, the two best deals on that, one is Travelex. Uh, we went with NAB. Um, does require you to set up an account with NAB, um, but you can leave funds on the card, which you can't do with the Travelex card. And um, uh, yeah, there's no fees for transferring money onto the card and no fees for withdrawing money out of ATMs. Uh, you do have to pre-select which currencies you're going to use, though, so that can be a bit of a downfall. But in Europe, you'd go Euro because you can even spend Euros in the UK. So. So probably that's what you'd do. Um, yeah, and have some cash as well. I suppose my only other thing would be um, if you're going to take a house in a small village in any country mm -hmm. um, and they drive on the other side <laughs> of the road and their cars have the driving wheel on the other side of the car... And you have to go out to get anything. So you can't even go and get milk without having to drive there. You might want to think again. Mm -hmm. um, living like a local is lovely if you can walk down walk to the village. Yeah. Down to the village. Um, but if you always have to take the car, it becomes a little stressful because mm -hmm. then actually going out for a meal is not as pleasurable as it could have been. No, no. No, that's true. 
yeah, there's always that. I suppose something you get used to if you did it more than once. Probably, yeah. yeah. The first time, you know, it's, it's uh, always the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I drove in England for eight years mm. and even though it was on the right side of the road, it was skinny little laneways mm-hmm. and things and I got used to it. I'm yeah. sure I'd get used to it if yeah. I was living... Yeah. Somewhere where I was driving on the wrong side of the road all the time as well. Yeah, I was going to um, say because you drive on the you the right side of the road is yeah. actually the left side of the road <laughs> yeah. in England. But you know, so uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But but again, we all get we all get used to yeah. what we live with and how we what we drive with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, if you're driving on the right side of the road in England, then you know, lady, didn't you see the arrows? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even see the Indians. Yeah. Exactly. And if you have any questions, just let us know. We'd love to share our experiences with you. Um, We're happy to share any of the hotels that we stayed in um, and give you tips on those things as well. I think we'll call that a day on this one. I feel like I've just relived my travel again. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it was fun. (laughs) Nice little walk down memory lane. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a primer for the next set of travels. So, uh, Well, if you're still here, um, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll see you in the next one.